0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We have been busy with a a sermon series called Reposition. I don't know how many of you have been part of that, Um, but today is our final sermon in in, in our series of three before we head into Easter. And... um, how many of you enjoyed this sermon series? Come on. It's been an awesome sermon series. It's been a bit of a recap on our values, who we are, where we're going, what we do, and and um, and it, it broke open a couple of things for me as well, preparing for revival. I mean, that's what we want to do. We want to prepare our hearts and our lives for more of God. Come on. That's why we serve Him. I don't know about you. I think we, we, we're going to get to heaven one day, and we're still going to think, man, I haven't even saw the tip of the iceberg of what God could give us on this earth. And I want more. I don't know about you. Now, quick recap. I'm going to do a quick recap because I don't want to be too long today. Um, in 2019, God gave me um, a word. I was praying for, for, for the year to come for 2020, and God gave me a word that says that, Henny, I want you guys to position yourself for awakening in the church. And I was quite excited, man. We had a, there was a prophetic sermon we, we did. We prayed for it, and then two months in, we hit COVID. <laughs> and we all know what happened with COVID. We all went through it. It was terrible times that we had to step through. But as we came through COVID, I still believe that we're in the season of that word. I still believe that God has said, position yourself for an awakening in the church but a month ago, I started listening to a, sermon. It was a prophetic sermon, a prophetic message of an incredible prophet that we honor so much. And he gave a prophetic, globally, it's an American guy, a global prophetic word for global church. And his focus was on the revival that was busy happening in Asbury and then all over, it's in, in Brazil, all over, it's happening, it's popping up all over. And he said, how do we focus? How do we go about it? How do we respond to that? And as I was listening to that, I heard the Lord say, Henny, make sure to position yourself, but not just position, reposition yourself for what God wants to do after COVID. And so many of us are still positioned in survival mode for COVID. Come on. I mean, I realize that every day I'm still in survival mode. I need to step out of survival mode to get to a place. that, Lord, how do I reposition myself for what you want to do in my life and what you want to do in this country and our church, wherever I set my foot? Because God wants to do something amazing. Now, as I was looking at this, thinking about, Lord, how do we respond? How do we respond to this? And, and it's incredible to think about it. And and God started reminding me about our values as a church our values that we had and I, th- I thought back about when we planted this church four years it was almost four years ago in May the 5th of May will be four years can you believe it four years since God God did something through our lives that impacted us so much that we, we knew that we had to plant this church here in Stellenbosch and so as we were looking through this I realized I looked through our values I realized that we are in line for what God wants to do. Quickly, a recap. When we planted this church, God gave us the scripture. And the scripture is in John 1, verse 4 to 5. And it says the following, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So through this scripture, God gave us three values. Life, light, ignite. And I was thinking about the three values, and I realized, wow, Lord, We need to reposition ourselves, but we are in line, value-driven, for what God wants to do. So we spoke about every value. We spoke about life week one. We spoke about light last week. How many of you enjoyed that? And today I want to speak about ignite, the third value, ignite. So it's the third, see, and the light shines in the darkness. I don't know if you've ever walked into a dark room, pitch dark room, and you ignite a match. What happens? Something changes immediately. When the light shines in the darkness, there is an ignition of something. Now, one thing about me that you probably don't know is I like space stuff. How many of you like space stuff? I like sci-fi movies. Yes, not the weird ones. But I like sci-fi movies, Um, Star Wars and all those kind of things. It's quite nice. I know it's not very biblical. Don't quote me on that. But I like all those stuff. It's quite amazing. My wife rolls her eyes when I watch it. But I like it. But, But one of my favorite moments is when Apollo 11 got launched. When the first men went to the moon when it was launched, and the, the guy announced it, he, he did the countdown for the launch. You remember that? Ten, nine, ignition sequence starts, six, five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. We have liftoff. You remember that? One of the most watched moments on the history of television. I mean, I can just, I love that moment. So I love watching all the documentaries of the space race and documentaries of the first missions to moon. I love that moment when a guy says, Ignition sequence start. Ignition sequence start. See, ignition sequence starts means that there is 8.9 seconds for that engine to be ignited and for that powerful F1 engines to build up enough thrust to give lift off to that Apollo spaceship. Now, there's something powerful that happens when something ignites. But the ignition isn't the big thing, That you know? The ignition of that thing is not. The result of the ignition is, is what usually is the massive thing. Now, let, let me use a simple example of a match. Now, the head of a a little match is smaller than my little pinky finger. And alone, it can't really do anything until you strike that match. Nothing. You see, this small match has the power to burn down a huge forest, running a coal locomotive, and to give lift off to a spaceship, igniting something. See, a small little match is powerful, but if not used... It is useless, powerless. And how many of us in our lives sit with the ignition power inside of us, but we never ignite it to the fuller capacity that God has given us in our lives? God has given you something in your life that as He comes over your life and fills you with His fullness, there is an ignition of more of God that touches everything around you. It's like the volcano series that we've done, it has to have an impact. But if you strike that match, man, I like it, there's ignition. And when there's ignition, there is power. Now, just as important as it is for us to have ignition before we start a fire to do a braai. Ever done a braai without a fire? No. It's impossible. But you need to ignite that match or that lighter to get the braai going. Now, just as important as that is for us to get our tummies filled, just so much we need an ignition of God's spirit in our lives. We need that. You can't go through life passive as a Christian because God didn't create you for that. He created you to make an impact, to be active, to be powerful in His kingdom. Jesus said the following in Luke 12, verse 49. In a Passion Translation, because I like the Passion, it says, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish." it will already ablaze with the fiery passion of God. <laughs> Powerful scripture. Most scholars think that Jesus spoke about the persecution that was coming. But I don't I didn't think so. I think he was talking about his true purpose on earth. And that is to ignite a fire in us that will never be extinguished again. He wanted to ex- ignite something in our lives as He was hanging on that cross, and we, as, as He blew out His last breath, as He was walking out of that grave, as He was pouring out the Holy Spirit. He ignited something that had ripple effect on the earth till today. That is why it's so important that we need to reposition ourselves to be in the ignition zone of revival. Come on. I want to be in the ignition zone of revival. I want to be part that I want to be the match that God strikes in, in, in the group or my family or wherever I go. I want to be the match that God strikes to create a movement. God has called us to do that. That's why it's necessary for us to reposition ourselves so that we will be in that ignition zone. Now I believe that if we want to see an ignition of revival, there's two important things that we need and we need to trust God for. I want to speak about those two things today. Number one is, we need a new hunger. And number two is, we need new wine. Are you ready for that? Now number one is a new hunger, just as, as hunger is a sign of health for a newborn baby. So much is hunger a sign for spiritual health. Did you know that? Now, there's a huge difference between natural hunger and spiritual hunger, and you all know that. Natural hunger works like this. I become hungry by not eating, okay? That's that's natural hunger. Spiritual hunger works this way. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. That's how we get hungry in the spirit. Now, let me explain it by how an Eskimo catches a wolf. How many of you have heard that, that illustration before? Now Eskimos are amazing. They had quite nice flint knives. So they kill a seal and they take the knife and they dip the knife in the seal blood and then let it dry and then dip it and let it dry and then dip it until the knife is a clot of blood that is thick. And then he will take that knife and stick it into the snow overnight. And then the wolf will come overnight and he will smell the blood come and start lick on the knife edge where the clot of blood is. And as the wolf will start licking on that, he will finish the blood and then start cutting his tongue, taste his own blood and get more lustful for the blood and start licking, licking until it dies by drinking its own blood. Incredible, isn't it? Now we need to realize that everything in a spirit works like that. Lust, depression, anxiety, joy. The more you eat, the more you Hunger for it. You see, the more you have, the more I want. I always say that exercise is a spiritual thing. The more you exercise, the more you want to exercise. But we're not going to go there today. See, everything in the Spirit works like that. The more I eat, the more I become hungry. And we need to realize as children of God, we are designed for hunger. Naturally and spiritually. Spiritually. Becoming hungry for more of God is, an, is, an, is, is, is our nature in Christ. It is. Now the key to revival is this. It's the hunger-driven cries of our hearts that will not be satisfied with anything less than an ever-deepening encounter with God. That's the key to revival. A hunger cry for more of Him. But the issue is this, that so many times we tend to live overly aware of our old nature. Been there before? You're so aware of your old nature that you start missing the reality of what God has given you. We start missing the reality of what we have in Christ and what He wants to do through your life. Because you're so overly attentive to, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. And this is my old nature. Oh, when am I going to get free of this, when God says, no, 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 get free of that and step into what I've given you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, look what what Paul says. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The new life is begun. Leave the old stuff alone and step into the new life that God has given you. He has given you so much And then when you realize that and when you see it in the Word, you become hungry and more hungry and more hungry. It's a powerful scripture, isn't it? But here's the reality for us who lives in the 21st century. And it is quite a bigger reality than 100 years ago. So many believers want a greater hunger for God. You know that God wants the same for us. He wants us to have a hunger for Him. But looking at where we are today as a generation, we see the following we see that we have a greater input from mainstream media than we do from the Word of God. Ever did that calculation before in your life? Do you have a greater input from mainstream media than the Word? That really challenged me when I listened and I thought about it. It really challenged me. And because of that, the discouragement and the anxiety... And the lack of focus and the stress you're going through, all of that most of the time, are of our own doing. (laughs) Ouch. It is. I realise so many times when I'm discouraged, when I'm doing going through some stuff, I realise, but henny, you have meditated more on this than the word, and that's because you have struggling with that. This just the input that you've given yourself. And because of that, so many Christians receive a skewed worldview because of their feeding habits. What do we feed ourselves with? Our feeding habits will determine your worldview. Do I feed myself with the Word or do I feed myself with Netflix? Do I, and, and I'm not saying Netflix or multimedia or movies are wrong. Absolutely, I love movies. But is my habits my eating habits focused more on the Word? than playing games or doing anything else, then what I'm struggling with is most of the time self-inflicted. Matthew 5 or 6. Look at this. Blessed are those, and this is Jesus. He says, Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he says, For they shall be filled. Now if you go to the Greek and the Hebrew, and then go to look at the context of the word filled, it means to be filled with abundance. That's what that word ever actually means. So when the Hebrews says, God says, Jesus actually said, blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they shall have abundance in being filled with whatever I have. Whenever Jesus gives us something, it's always abundance. You see, we need to crave spiritual abundance. And the craving only comes when you eat and eat and eat the word. So how do we create a personal hunger for God? Good question, isn't it? How do I or you create a personal hunger for God? I'm so hungry for, I just want more of Him. Number one is by feasting on God's word. And when you feast on God's word, it creates a need to experience the power and manifestation of more of God. Lord, I want to have more power and presence in my life. Then God says, but then feast on my word. I remember when I was a student, I was just in ministry. Um, just met my wife and I was in ministry and I started reading some amazing articles from an incredible preacher. And, and the articles that he wrote and pulled me into the scripture and I started realizing who I am in the spirit. I started realizing that I've already got it. I don't have to prove myself or work my way to get it. I've got authority in Jesus. And when I started reading that, man, there was a hunger that grew inside of me to see miracles, to see signs, to see wonders. Until I one day walked into a meeting with a bunch of rugby guys, started praying for them, and God started doing miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Now I walked in there hungry to see more. Why? Because I read the Word. And when I read the Word, it became alive in my heart. And it did something. Something that only God can do. John John 14 verse 12 says the following, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I I am going to be with the Father. You see, when I started reading the Scriptures, I realized, Lord, me, greater works? What? Can I do that? It's like when Jesus left, the disciples were filled with the Spirit, and then in Ephesus, amazing things happened. Peter walked, his shadow went over people, they got healed. They took pieces of Peter's clothing to people. They placed it on their sickness and they were healed. Greater works. Nobody came to Jesus and cut this rope into pieces and took it to people. It probably would have been amazing. But they saw greater things because of their hunger for God. See, when we start to read the Word, we start to see the reality of the power in our lives. Sometimes I read the Word and I say, Lord, oh, I need this. I want this. I want to walk on water like Peter. <laughs> Come on. I had a story of, of some students at a school of supernatural ministry, and they were so on fire about the Word, they were at a pool party one day, and one guy said, "What if Peter can walk on water, Jesus said that we will do greater works, so I'm going to walk on water. And they started running onto the pool. And I mean, there was, later it was quite a fun moment until one guy took three, three steps on the water because their faith was so ignited that they started seeing greater things. See, the key for us to be ignited for revival is our hunger to be restored. I need my hunger to be restored weekly. I want to be hungry for more of Him. Remember, a fire goes out when there is no more fuel. I cannot make my fireplace go if there's no more wood. And it happened to me every September. I was like, oh, I was so generous with all the wood. We just make a nice fireplace. And and then September, my wood is gone. When the fuel is gone, the fire is gone. Make sure that the fuel in your life is constant, flowing into your life so that there will be fuel enough for the power of God to burn in your life. We need a new hunger. We need it. Number two is we need new wine. We need new wine. Now one of the biggest things the church needs while trusting God for an outpouring of revival is new wine. Why do I say that? And the question is, Lord, how do we reposition and prepare ourselves that we can be a new wineskin for the new wine that you were going to flow through us? How do I reposition myself to be a new wineskin for the new wine? So what do I mean by new wine? Now when you look at the Scriptures, the Scriptures always point, when he speaks about new wine or wine, it points to the Holy Spirit. So when I speak about new wine, I'm speaking about something new, an outpouring of the Spirit in our lives. It's a new day. Come on. You just had to go through COVID, step through COVID to know that we have entered a new day. Amen? Amen? So what do I mean? We desperately need the Holy Spirit. We desperately need more of Him. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit more than ever before. This today, in this season of our lives. No matter what's been happening around the world, all the issues we face as a country... We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If we go through all the issues and stuff that's going on in the world, I go back to this. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I don't care how big the issue is. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out on a group of disciples and in an inner room waiting on God because they were hungry for more, guess what happened? It was a new day. Let's read it together quickly. We all know this so well. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire, or tongues of fire, appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled. There the word comes again. Filled filled to abundance, filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Then um, amazing things happened. And then verse 14, it's probably one of my favorite places in the Bible. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. He said, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. (laughs) It's quite a funny moment. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, people, Peter stood up. He spoke to all the Jews, the aggressive crowd, and horde that killed Jesus. The same people. So Peter said to them, these people are not under the influence of wine. Come on, people. They're not under the influence of wine. They are under the influence of a promise. What was the promise? The promise is that God said that he will pour out his spirit unto all flesh. Remember that promise? I will pour out my spirit unto all flesh. Such a powerful moment. And that moment was so powerful that 3,000, more than 3,000 people got saved in one instant. And they didn't just got saved, they got filled mightily with the Holy Spirit. There was an ignition sequence start in that moment. An explosion was about to happen. And now we can ask the question, but what did they have different than we have today? Ever thought about that? What did they have different what we don't? Now, it's easy. They didn't have cars. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have trains. Okay? Tick. They didn't have theology degrees. They didn't have social media. They didn't have internet. They didn't have Zoom. They didn't have Google. They didn't have fancy buildings. And they didn't even have a complete Bible. Well, what they did have was an outpouring of heaven that hit them like a tsunami. <laughs> they had the Holy Spirit. That's what they had. They had the Holy Spirit, and it filled them with boldness. It filled them with courage. It filled them with wisdom above their ears. Peter and James walked into the, the Sanhedrin court, and they had so much wisdom that people said, These people have wisdom above their ears. No, no. They had the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. It was like an igniting of an atomic bomb that rippled through the book of Acts. And it went through history up until today. Just as powerful. Just as powerful as that day when the Holy Spirit poured out on the disciples. That's, the much, that's how much power we are carrying inside us when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the new wine. And when you are tongue-talking, you are not under the influence of wine. You are under the influence of a promise that says, God says, I will fill every flesh on this earth. All this happened in a culture that hated them. Come on. That culture hated the, the Jesus believers. They wanted to kill them and crush them, but that ignition could not be stopped. There was an ignition sequence start. Man, that F1 engines of that rocket, nothing could stop that thing. And that thing is going as strong today as that moment that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And everything we read about what they did in the New Testament... Was not because of the buildings they own or what the success they had individually in their lives. No, no, it was because they had the Holy Spirit. They had an inpouring, an outpouring, and then an inpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Churches nowadays are so focused on buildings, and I'm not saying a building is wrong. It would be lovely to have a building. But they so focus on build, the buildings they have or the structures that they run or, or, or the new programs they have to reach more people that they forget about the most important thing. But we can stand in the open field and call on the Holy Spirit and have a garden counter. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I love to have those things. But the most important thing where our focus is that We need the new wine of the Spirit in our lives. Listen to what Paul said. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. It says, And my speech and my preaching. How many of you know Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? This guy could preach. He could shout. He could change people. He could lead people to Christ. And Paul said, And my preaching and my teaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but by the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Man, I love it. May my life and may our lives be the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. May it be marked by the power and demonstration of God in our lives. Come on. That's what we want. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our churches and in our lives. I want to be a church on fire. Come on, I want to be part of a church on fire. On fire what? On fire with the Holy Spirit that is poured out into our lives daily so that we walk in with a, man, I'm so excited to come to church, but I'm more excited to encounter the Holy Spirit today. I'm more excited to encounter God in a different way today. See, we need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our churches, in our country. We need a fresh outpouring into the world. And we're starting to see that. We need every person to be filled and fired up with the power of the Holy Spirit daily. Come on, I want that. We need that. We need to be hungry for that. This can't just be something we show on our websites. It can't just be what we believe statement on social media. It needs to be something we live. It needs to be something we live Every day. We need to be vessels of the new wine of the Spirit of God. That is the answer to our life issues. That is the answer to the challenges we face. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need that. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me illustrate it to you before I end today. How many of you are some of those who like to drive your car full of gas, full of petrol? And if it comes to the half of it, it's was like, I need to go full up. Come on! I know there's some of you just not yes, but then there's the other side of the crowd. What I'm We want to see how empty we can ride that thing to until we see, man. If I'm if I'm not going to the garage, no, I'm not going to make it. Now, luckily, I grew up with an old Mini, a yellow little Mini Cooper, the first ones, the old ones. That thing you have to eyeball. So you could say, that, that gauge comes down to the bottom. I know I've got about 20 kilometers to go. But nowadays, we've got cars with electronics, and it tells you you've got 27 kilometers before empty. But then the German engineers were very clever. They designed the cars, and so when you get to zero, there's still 30 kilometers to go. So even I will go to zero, and then I will see how far this car can actually go. Do I have some friends in the house here today? Come on. <laughs> It's fun to do it with your car. But it's not fun to walk in a relationship with the Holy Spirit that way. We can't walk in our relationship with the Holy Spirit that way. We need to be filled up. You can't even get to half. You need to be filled up. We need to be constantly filled up. It doesn't help to see how, how little you have of the Holy Spirit to go on. No, no. We need to be filled up to the full. Ephesians 5 verse 18, it says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled. There we go again. Be filled to the abundance with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with new wine. We need it more than we can think. More than we can think. Especially in the hour and the time we're living in now, we need to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I've, seen, I've been in church meetings where people are drunk in the Spirit. <laughs> it's, it's super funny. But I've been there. And when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, I don't care what people think. Have you ever seen a drunk man that's not bold? They're very bold. They're super bold. They'll do anything. I'm, I'm drunk, influenced by the Spirit. I will tell anybody about Jesus. I don't care what people think about me. I will dance and sing and put my hands in the air and shout Jesus because I don't care because I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Drunk people don't care. No matter who you are, no matter who you are. We need to realize that every person on this earth will be influenced by some spirit. Will it be the Holy Spirit? That's the truth. Because there's a power of darkness and a kingdom of darkness that want to have influence over you. But if you are influenced by the Holy Spirit, nothing else can come close to you. You will even have an influence of, on the people who have an influence, are influenced by the spirit of darkness. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will ignite something in your life. If you have the Holy Spirit that comes into your life, I've told this story before. I was 13 years old. I was in an AFM camp. I was sitting in front. The guy preached a heaven and hell message. I knew if I don't get Jesus now, I'm going to go to hell. As sure as I ran to the front, I got saved. And a guy there prayed for me for filling in the Holy Spirit. I was powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And God changed my life. He ignited something in my life that rippled through my whole life. That was the, the weekend. On a Tuesday afternoon, I played a cricket match. I was number 11 in the team. Ever been there? Number 11 cricket. Not That's the guy who brings up the water. The last guy that comes, doesn't. he can't bat. He's usually on the way. In. So our opening batsman didn't come. So the coach says, uh, Henny, you open. I said, okay. Bats. First ball. Tch, six. I said, well, that's what I know. I'm just, I'm the hitter, I'm the 11. So I hit 75 not out, winning the whole game for the team. The coach didn't know what happened. My teammates didn't know what happened. I knew I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was under the influence of a different power. Never happened again, though. But (laughs) (laughs) that's how powerful God is. You see, that's the things that God can do when He fills our lives with more of Him. You see, when you are filled with the Spirit, it will open the Word in a whole different way. When you are filled with the Spirit, your prayer life will go through the roof. It will be on fire. I have never prayed the way I pray today before I was filled with the Spirit. I can't even imagine going into devotion praying without praying in tongues. I need to, we need the Holy Spirit. We see, we can't afford to run on empty tanks anymore. We need to be filled up daily. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't come to church like it's a cruise ship. We need to come to church like it is a battleship. I come with power and I leave with power. This is serious things. See, we need to grow a new hunger for the power and the presence of God and and. And we need to be filled up with the Spirit daily. And you know what the result is? The result is that our lives get ignited with the fire of God. Ignition sequence start. Strike that match and you'll see the fire of God in your life. No matter what you do, where you go, you will see something greater, something bigger in your life. I believe the Lord is is ready to pour out His Spirit. In a great way all over the world. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. If you can fill me up again, Lord, fill me up again. Fill me up more. Every day, Lord, I am hungry for new wine. See, the revival starts, but you know what? It starts with you and me. It's not a, the roof is not going to break open and the light will shine down and say, here I am. No, no, that's not revival. Revival. Revival starts from within you. It does. That's what we need to get down in our hearts that it starts with us. It begins with us longing for more of Him. And you know how you long for more of Him? It's in the pursuit. Are you pursuing Him? Are you pursuing more of God? Are you pursuing the Word? Are you pursuing more and more so that you can have power and presence in your life? Are you ready to pursue God? Come on, let's stand together and we want to pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you that, that you are such a truthful God. You're so loving, Father. That you gave us the greatest gift that any person, any human being on this earth could ever receive. Lord, we don't want to miss this. We don't want to miss you, Father. Maybe you're standing here today and you feel like, I need that Henny. I need what you're saying. I need that new wine. Can't go without it. I need in my, maybe you're struggling through some stuff in your life. And you realize, I need the outpouring. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. that's you today I want to pray for you I want to pray for an infilling of the spirit today so that you will never be the same so that God can touch your life (laughs) and that you will never look back because the ignition sequence started so if you are here today we're going to pray for some people not going to pray long but we're going to i'm going to say those of you want to be filled with the spirit when i say amen won't you just come to the front and those of you who are here thank you for coming you can have coffee but we're going to pray for some people today we're going to trust god for an infilling of the spirit that our lives will never be the same that the new wine will flow so Father, I pray for everyone here today, I pray that you touch them today. Holy Spirit, come and touch our church with the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be a church on fire. We want to be a church that see and encounter more of God. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za